Kate, Mary! You binge watch your average Netflix show and you just want to talk to someone about it. We need to talk to someone we about it. We need to Louis. talk to someone about it. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Hey, piano! Man, what a start to the very first episode. Like, I reckon Magic, the Magic Xylophone is the most talked about episode on socials. It's the most played game um, from the Blueyverse. And um, it was the first thing we saw when we went and visited Ludo back in last July. Yes. They had a, a little xylophone on the reception desk. Now, it's important to say, not a glockenspiel. You reckon? It is a xylophone? Oh, well, uh... In the episode, there's been a lot of debate as to whether it's a glockenspiel or not, but when we went to Ludo, it was definitely a xylophone. Okay, they're, they're Metal not one. wood. Yeah. yeah, but, yeah, I, I look at it in the episode and see, like, I guess I'm projecting, but I see it metal, but a lot of people are sure that that is drawn object is, is wood. wood. I, I, how can you tell? I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know. And, like, surely Joff Bush, in all of his musical wonder, would have said, hey, guys, you yeah. might need to fix that. The Ever. ding, at least, definitely sounds metal-esque. Yes. Yeah, I would have thought, like, a wooden would be a little bit more clonk. <laughs> to use the technical <laughs> musical expression. Yeah. I feel that that is exactly what that sound is, yeah. Um, but, you know, there has been considerable debate, I feel, whether the xylophone is actually, yeah, glockenspiel-esque. Well, I have a theory. Go with your hypothesis about Mary. why, of all the musical instruments of the world, it is a magic xylophone. Okay. Now, tell me more. If you Google magic xylophone, what comes up is a Simpsons episode. Oh, Do you know this? No. Okay, so I'm not very au fait with Simpsons, but a lot of people around me sort of use it as their second language, basically. Yeah. And um, like my husband. Yes, yeah. yeah. Uh, Tim is one of those people. Yeah. But a few Simpsons shout-outs. We've seen, you know, uh, in the episode The Weekend, they yeah. talk about Dollary Doos, which is a Simpsons reference. Um, a lot of people think in the sleepover, um, yeah, yeah. the I Am a Flamingo Queen is... Is a tribute to Lisa being the Lizard Queen. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. There's a few more dotted through, but Magic Xylophone comes from a Simpsons episode, the Itchy and Scratchy and Poochie show, oh, yeah, Ringing yeah, Bells, yeah, where, yeah. Yeah, where Simpsons... I mean, uh, where, it's a long time ago, Bells. But, yeah, yeah, well, yeah. it was back in 1997, so oh, those yeah. are far <laughs> distant Bells, and a lot of our listeners will have no idea what we're talking about just by referring to 1997, I, I know. But... In that show, the Itchy and Scratchy show, obviously kids show, they introduce a new character, um, Homer ends up voicing the character and facing a press conference about the show. And a particularly dedicated uh, fan of the show, an adult, I might add, yes. um, asks... In episode 2009, when Itchy plays Scratchy's skeleton like a xylophone, he strikes the same rib twice in succession, yet he produces two clearly different tones. I mean, what are we, to believe that this is some sort of uh, <laughs> a magic xylophone or something? And this guy's take on that is, oh, you know, I hope someone got fired for that blunder. <laughs> Which... <laughs> 
So, so okay, so that's, that is what this could be referring to. To take that to another level, did Ludo know that there would be adults sitting around analysing their children's show to such a degree that they needed to put in a reference to Magic Xylophone? <laughs> Would they have possibly known? No. And are adults doing that? Well, they are. They <laughs> definitely are because we are seeing oh, that in us. our emails. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's, and it's not just us. Like, people have been emailing us saying their stories and theories and hypotheses. Oh, my gosh. Wild so, yeah. conjecture. The, yeah, it's great. The Homer shuts down the guy uh, with a question about why a guy sitting there wearing a Genius at Work t-shirt. Uh, we're not wearing Genius at Work t-shirts at the no. moment, but um, I think would, mine has sweat marks. <laughs> <laughs> would be so uh, interested in a kids' show and spent so much time watching it. So, bit of a like, is this like a Back to the Future slap down for us? Like, are you offended? Uh, no. I'm, no, I'm not offended. No, I'm not it's offended okay. Either. <laughs> maybe anyway, we should be though. Maybe we're well and truly overanalyzing this. <laughs> anyway, uh, nice bit of tribute if it's there. I feel like if anyone speaks a second language of Simpsons, it's the very much buried in the 80s and 90s uh, yeah. team at Ludo. Who, Absolutely. Yeah. So, well, there've been so many cool references for parents throughout the whole series, haven't there? So yeah. far, you know. Um, references to movies and popular culture and even in this one we get that little um brave heart moment freedom <laughs> it's very good. he's even wearing face paint he's at the time <laughs> so you know there's so many references in for uh, adults of particularly our generation mm-hmm. uh yeah and uh yeah i'm down with that <laughs> yeah it's one of the things i love the most well I- i'll feel this one let me ask you a question why would a man whose shirt says genius at work spend all of his time watching a children's cartoon show? I withdraw my question. So we know this is the first episode that ever screened, the first one that a lot of dedicated from the get-go Bluey fans saw. Um, the moment that I love that is an early tell of just how important the bandit chili relationship mm. is, is the hair-pulling moment. <laughs> This loose hair's been bugging me all morning. Did that mean anything to you? Uh, yeah, because, like, as soon as, like, I mean, haven't we all been there? We've yeah. just got, like, that one straight hair on the eyebrow that you just, like, get it. Um, yeah, it's yeah. such a, um, such a, like, couple's shame moment. <laughs> no, I think the more couple shame moment for me was that um, bit where the girls, like, get bandit with um, the, the costume on Oh, no, sorry, just with the finger up the nose. Oh, yeah. And Chili walks in and is like, it's just like when we met. <laughs> Poor bandit. And he can't even say anything to retaliate. <laughs> it's like just Chili's dream so, kind of moment. So what? how did that meet, Mary? <laughs> I mean, we've had all sorts of speculation throughout our um, series. You know, did they meet because Bandit's an archaeologist, Chili works in an airport. Mm-hmm. Did they meet while backpacking somewhere fabulously exotic? Yes, yeah. Maybe there was a super glue incident up the nose <laughs> and she came to the rescue. I always just took that to mean he was frozen, as in he 
was just so wowed by this vision <laughs> that was chilly coming into his life that even he couldn't even say anything and <laughs> see I didn't read that as finger up the nose being relevant but yeah you're probably right I'm sure it is and I really hope now that season two has the answer mom come look at this Oh, look, it's just like when we first met. Um, speaking of season two, there is so much buzz at the moment and uh, it, it's literally like just around the corner. I yeah. can't wait. Yeah, March 17. Like I saw um, someone on Twitter uh, remarked that if any boss fires anyone for not going to work <laughs> on March 17, well, they're a bum. And I completely agree. <laughs> so for our international um, viewers, that would be a, a direct uh, misquote of uh, former Prime Minister Bob Hawke, who um, I think it was after was the America's Amer- Cup. Yeah, I know. Like, uh, I just can't imagine a time where sailing would have been that important for any <laughs> kind of national psyche. Yeah. But- Oh, yeah. Allegedly it was. I think it was after they won the America's Cup and he was like, anyone that fires anyone for not showing up to work tomorrow is an idiot. So, <laughs> you know, as only an Australian prime minister could get yeah, away with. I think it was actually bum. Yeah. <laughs> They're a bum. And yeah, it's, it's true. Like you don't hear that from a lot of world leaders. No, you really don't. But uh, you know what? I'm all in favour. <coughs> Ladies and gentlemen. I will now play for you the Rondo a la Turca. <laughs> Tell me about this episode for you, Mary. Like, was this one of the first ones that you saw? It must have been early, and um, I just love that it started on Bandit. It was kind of very clearly him driving the play with his uh, maestro-style piano skills. Um, the just the giggle from Bluey before he's even started playing the piano just melts my heart. Like, it's just every kid, isn't it, about to be tickled, about to be, yeah. you know... Yeah, it's almost like thrown into the pool. Like, yeah, it's very exciting. Um, and I think it just sets the scene for the whole rest of the episode. They're just in high giggle mode <laughs> the whole <laughs> way through, and it's adorable. Um, loved that we've talked about it before, but the Rondoella Turka... Um, kind of sets the scene for how often they're going to use classical music. Yeah. And Mozart? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So uh, Mozart's Rondo a la um, When I had that chat to Liz Giffray, um, it was the episode that she really focused on as being um, just, yeah, level upon level of musical mastery. Yeah. Um, for me, it was just a throwback to the Colin Firth, Pride and Prejudice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, I think I that had a feeling from, that would have been uh, pressing your buttons as well. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it's one of the... Truman Show as well, they okay. use it. Yeah, right. Um, and, yeah, there were a couple of variations, but um, Truman Show, like, so when he's, like, going to buy the magazine for the wife, they've got the oh, Rondo okay. Alatoka sort of, like, ah, interesting. sort of conveying that slightly off but like everyday sort of bustle of the town that they've created it's kind of an on edge kind of piece isn't it like yeah yeah, it's not comforting you're like wondering what's coming so um yeah I think that was the perfect way to start this episode and I love the way (laughs) it was Joff um it was Joff Joff Bush alone who was did the score for this one Mm. and um yeah it's just to use it all the way through yeah And Mozart. And Mozart. It's funny, yeah. I, I know in um, Bike he credits um, Beethoven. He credits Beethoven as what's Beethoven's first name? Ludwig. Yes, he credits it's by Joff 
Bush and Ludwig. Oh. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, no shout out for Wolfgang Amadeus in this one. But, oh, well. Uh, what I, a name. He probably doesn't mind, but yeah, it is a pretty good name. That's a great name. <laughs> I did do a tiny bit of research on Rondo because we've, we've talked about um, the Rondo Alateca with Liz and then you with Dottie a few weeks back as well. Yeah. Um, one of our super fans. Hi, Dottie. I'm sure you are listening. Um, and the thing that revolutionized the classical era, which Mozart was really um, sort of the number one composer of the day for. So uh, the piano sonata, basically number 11 in A major, which is otherwise known as Rondo alla Turca. Okay. It has a very common layout, which became like the template for most sonatas if you like through the time first one was allegro so sort of lively and fun usually in a major scale the second movement's always like a slower like andante sort of a bit more mournful um sort of uh peaceful and then the the third movement's usually presto so very quick and like fast furious finales okay right let's wrap this up yeah yeah. and is it about freezing statues in any way? <laughs> well, there's um, plenty of statues of Mozart in Salzburg <laughs> from Excellent. when we last visited. Oh, there is one other thing. So in 2014, um, a Hungarian librarian, yes. say that 10 times yeah, fast, found four pages of the original score oh, just wow. randomly in, in a library <laughs> like in Budapest. Right, yeah. yeah, okay. And um, some of the notes in the original are different to the ones that we know and love today. Okay. So, yeah. Oh. Mm. Well, perhaps it was something to do with pianos, like trying to run away at the time. <laughs> <laughs> and they just kind of had to make do with what they had. <laughs> hey, piano! <laughs> I said at the start, this is one of the most played games in the for real life world. Do you think it's because it's so easy? Like well, a ding and a freeze? And everyone has, like, I don't, where does xylophones come from? <laughs> but seriously, there's three in our house. Like, yeah, we've got at least two. Yeah. Um, we got um, some of those Aldi music sets. Like oh, ones yeah. Like special buys. Yeah. The Field of Dreams, as I like to call it. <laughs> Um, and like, uh, so Aldi's like a, it's pretty well known, I guess, around the world, would you think? I don't know if it's made it to the US yet, but kind of like a budget supermarket from Germany. Yeah, but the, like, outside is sort of all like, um, yeah, rather than having 25 types of tomato paste, there's like one. Yeah. And it's a very low price. But the middle aisles every week is like the Aldi bandits, like steal things from cars and like <laughs> yeah, yeah. just the random the collection that has of fallen stuff. off the back of trucks. Yeah. yeah, but it's awesome. Like you know, you always go and you're like, I never knew I needed a fire extinguisher <laughs> or or a walking frame. But yeah. you know, now I'm actually tempted. Yeah, but yeah, both in a like a deal. That's yeah. amazing. Wow. Um, <laughs> So Field of Dreams, we definitely picked up um, a couple of like boxes with like musical instruments, and yeah, I think both of them had a xylophone. And we yeah, just with it. I think yeah. we've op shopped one of ours, and other people have op shopped them for us. But oh. they just yeah, there's so much entertainment within <laughs> a xylophone, even before you start freezing people. Um, we've got ones with the dinger attached. I was oh. very impressed that Bingo was able to find the dinger. Oh, the dinger's long gone in our house. So yeah, you just have to use like a spoon or like whatever, <laughs> whatever you can find. <laughs> Absolutely. I wonder if, if someone would still freeze if it wasn't the dinger. Mm. 
But anyway, like that's a tribute to their toy box that you can find a dinger and a xylophone <laughs> in the same like five second space. Like, yeah. yeah, that I feel like that's the one plot point where this story really falls down. <laughs> Louis, look! Huh? Oh no! <laughs> Quick, bingo! Let Get the dinger up. thing! Let me up! Let me out of here! Oh, do a thing! Oh. Freeze! Um, hey, why doesn't Bingo freeze? So there's a point where Bandit gets the xylophone just after he yells freedom with that wonderful yeah. dive and he's dinging and Bluey freezes straight away. Why doesn't Bingo freeze? Well, two theories. Okay. One is you can't expect little kids to always follow the rules of the game. <laughs> <laughs> She's little and she wasn't listening. <laughs> okay, that's a good theory. <laughs> two, we know that Bandit is always playing a long game on teaching a lesson and I wonder <laughs> if he had already foreseen all that was to come, including Daddy Water Fountain, and knew that for the girls to start working together, he was going to have to let Bingo uh, run her own race on this. So... <laughs> Um, knowing Bandit like I do now, I am leaning towards the latter. <laughs> but if that were me, I would not have stood for that. <laughs> freeze! <laughs> freeze! 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 Oh, never mind. She'll keep. This is a point that we've often discussed, but... Would you go that far in your game playing? Daddy like, water fountain far? Yeah. No, see, I'd get to that point where I'd be like, all right, kids, this is over. Like, you know, mummy's not going to stand there under the hose while you just sit and laugh at her in the front yard. <laughs> um, we were at the pool this morning and you know those pool noodles? Yeah. That, um, yeah, every, seem to be like omnipresent at pools. Um, <laughs> bon has one that Cass was playing with and we go to a pool that has like jets that shoot up in the air oh, and yeah. the jets weren't working today and Cass was a bit unimpressed about this. So I started putting the pool noodle under the water and then blowing through it to make a jet. Have you done that? No, yeah. but well, I'm impressed with your ingenuity. <laughs> I don't know. I felt like that was one of their purposes. Like, I guess they're hollow on the inside to make them flotational. Like a whale but, spouting. But yeah, like... it is like a whale spouting. But as soon as you do it at one end, the kid then does it on the other end. And you've got to be super careful not to then just blow <laughs> pool water straight down the oh, back of their throat. Oh I know, it's horrible. Uh, and I definitely didn't do that accidentally <laughs> twice. <laughs> Oh, no, poor Gaz. I know. He'll sleep well. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> and, and his insides have never been more uh, chlorinated, so it's great. <laughs> Clean. It's good. Oh, my God. <laughs> anyway, he seems so, so we wouldn't stand for Daddy recovery. Water Fountain, that's for sure. Yeah, man. It explains why he wasn't that keen on lunch today, though. <laughs> <laughs> poor thing. We tricked you. Bingo and froze me. I was just pretending. How Bingo? so how do we get to daddy water fountain there's a few twists and turns in this game love the under the bed is the standard uh hiding place when the girls have to sprint off um that comes just after chili goes to work yeah that moment is perfection well when she's i yeah i think this is a moment for me that i realized bluey was not like other kids shows in that you know it wasn't the mum saying oh god kids you know you need to stop this now or anything she was just like okay unfreeze him for toilet breaks (laughs) yeah and then she was like if you don't share i'll take it to work i can freeze my boss and Which, I was like, I can't relate to that. Oh my God. We've all got someone we would love to freeze, right? Yep. Yeah. yeah. 
Do you think that's like, uh, I'm waiting for it to be well enough understood in workplaces that I can actually take it. Like, <laughs> if we just keep spreading the gospel of Bluey, yeah. soon everyone will know and then we'll actually be able to freeze people with the xylophone. <laughs> Uh, yeah no I think that was probably the moment that yeah it just kind of spelled out this is a really different type of show and one that isn't like particularly you know a lot of parent shows sort of show that real parent to child relationship Mm -hmm. whereas um the parents sort of are more willing to like just treat their kids as equals which is kind of nice yeah let them and have their own, their own life out in the world that's shown. Yeah. You know, so bosses and going to work and yep. having out of place, yeah, eyebrow hairs. <laughs> <laughs> it's all just so relatable. Yeah. And even that nice tender kiss that Chili gives Bandit, you know, when he's got a <laughs> moustache and a boa. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Is it Wendy that goes past or is it Chloe's, Chloe's mum? Mom. Yeah. Poor Chloe's mum. I think she warms as the season progresses. <laughs> I didn't know that she was quite a well-known actor. Oh, who is it? Uh, Shaoling Tang. Apparently she does a lot of theatre stuff and she's in something at the moment called Single Asian Females. Oh, and cool. She's on like Sea Patrol and All Saints and those sorts of shows. Really? Past. Gosh. Yeah. Bit of a bit part for someone known. But yeah. perhaps she'll grow into season two. Hopefully. Maybe. Maybe. We've, so. Oh, man. How are the celebs in season oh two? Oh, my God. So many. Although age doesn't believe me that it's... Um, Anthony Wiggles' voice. He's like, I watch a lot of Wiggles, and that is not Anthony Wiggles. <laughs> really? Like, you do not watch. Well, no, I would never say anyone does not watch enough Wiggles. <laughs> everyone watches enough Wiggles, so no matter how much you're watching. Anthony Field. We understand that he plays a um, the postie, and in so when yeah, they go to the, at, post, like the post, post office. Yeah. Well, they've released that preview clip yeah. where Bandit's dancing. So yeah. can you access this overseas? Bluey Pod listeners, we're not sure. I think it's on Facebook. Can yeah. Region restrict Facebook? I don't know. Maybe. Mm. I don't know. But hopefully they've had a chance to see it. Yeah. But um, if you're not familiar with uh, the four skivvied wonders of Australia, <laughs> um, yeah, they, they've been around for, well, since we were kids, yeah. pretty much. Um, and they're probably bazillionaires from all the merch. and Yeah. 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 And I really want to know, because when we interviewed... Joe Brum back in, gosh, like June last year. Yeah. Um, he said he wanted Anthony Wiggle. Do you yeah. think? It, do you think it was already like a done deal, and he was just like putting it out there to build hype, or do you think? He oh was, no, it was us. Do you think Anthony <laughs> actually heard about it through "Got to Be Done"? <laughs> it was like they want me. Just got it out there. Yeah, yeah. If if it hadn't been a done deal, maybe that's what got her over the line. <laughs> totally. Um, I'll tell you what, we didn't get over the line though. Um, Australia's power couple, uh, Hamish and Zoe Foster. Blake, yeah, um, both have starring roles in a few episodes in this upcoming. Yeah, season. so there's a new f- character family, yeah. the Russells. The Russells. So they're mum and dad in that, and there's little Jack Russell, yeah. which is pretty cute already. Yeah, and it seems like he might be neurodiverse as well. He's, so yeah, the clip that's been released, he's um certainly struggling to concentrate, and yeah, there's a yeah. sort of suggestion of ADHD or something like that. Yeah, um, he did have quite good self awareness though for something with <laughs> ADHD. <laughs> well, yeah. Anyway. Um, but yeah, looking forward to that episode. Yeah, really looking forward to that. So, um, thanks guys. That's awesome. I think um anything that we can do to promote a bit of 
diversity. diversity. Yeah. Is even really... among dog families, it's I'm sure even dogs are diverse. <laughs> but it's such a good thing because I think like for neurotypical kids, explaining disability can be confronting for parents. Yeah. So um, it's difficult to have those conversations. So anything that gets those conversations started. Absolutely. Especially when it's a disability that you can't necessarily see. Like a lot of kids will understand like someone in a wheelchair and yeah. they just say, oh, they can't use their legs or yeah. something. And they're like, oh, okay. But it's dif- different when you're talking about brain. That's so. smart, actually, because wheelchair really is the go-to. Like yeah. if someone's trying to virtue signal, they'll always, you know, like the the a poster or something like that. It'll always be, oh, and a person in a wheelchair because yeah. everyone knows what that looks like. Yeah, kind of and that's so. a disabled person. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> to be the piano no it's still my turn taking turns can be difficult oh um long dog alert oh yeah yeah there's a long there's a couple of long dogs there's some small white ones on the top of the table in the like the playroom where they're initially doing their performance okay um and then there's a blue one on the second shelf oh like, right well, yeah wow. so i don't know. started strong i don't know <laughs> <laughs> i always thought long dogs were sort of something that gradually came into being well but maybe they just started there and then they were they, like pulled them into other environments just so that people like us who are crazy interested (laughs) have something to look for. And I'm sure there's tennis balls all over the house, although I couldn't name where one was. Although, actually, off the back of talking about mum and dad the other week, Mm. um, we talked about the fact that that... mountainous range in the lounge room isn't usually there we heard from one of our long-time listeners um blue digital cat oh yeah whose real name is juan and he's in um chile he confirmed that as a as an expert and i guess living proximitous to mountain ranges uh (laughs) that yeah that's the only time you see the mountain range and usually it's the dinosaur footprints that you can see in that um room so yeah with the tennis balls sort of yes yeah that's as well yeah, so perhaps um, I'm sure we go through that room. So I'd say that's where the tennis ball is in this episode. Yeah, okay. Mm. But yeah, mm. thanks, Juan, for confirming our suspicions. Yes, yes. this new artwork. Yeah, I'll we'll see if it turns up in season two. There must be some deeper <laughs> message. Oh, Chili's got moves. <laughs> That's another thing I wanted to add. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah. Bum bongos. And she just gets in there and she, I was like, yeah, girl got moves. Yeah. Maybe people aren't tweeting and Facebooking and everything else about that one so much, but I feel like bum bongos is the the hidden star of season one. I, I reckon people <laughs> playing it even more than Magic Xylophone because it'd be your go-to second instrument, wouldn't it? <laughs> well, yes, I definitely agree. Like, even if you don't have a xylophone in the house, pretty sure there's a bum around. Well, if, if you've got a kid on their front being played, their natural instinct is going to be to turn, right? Yes. So it's like a perfect musical transition. Oh, I love those all-in-one kind of instruments. <laughs> <laughs> I do too. Great. Bluey. You always never take turns with me. You just take all of the turns. And it makes me feel sad. We should talk about Bluey not taking turns. And doesn't Bingo just handle it beautifully? Oh, the, the, the moment. The music cuts out. Yeah. And, yeah, it's so, it's so subtle by Bingo, but just so effective <laughs> and it, uh, it truly is because so often you see little kids getting steamrolled by mm-hmm. an older sibling and they don't have i don't know 
that the confidence to sort yeah. of just say how they're feeling. Mm-hmm. So I really love that Bingo's demonstrating that. Yeah. What was the episode we talked about the power in the union? Was it hotel where mm. bingo went on strike essentially yes. yeah. but yeah this is the next level of power when you've got you know when your playmate is frozen yeah. you're not gonna unfreeze them that's uh yeah bingo bingo knows how to leverage some good power yeah she totally picked her moment beautifully and um yeah i think it's a good example you know like for parents to be able to say you know just like bingo yeah you know, don't just come running to me expecting to fix it you know you need to actually talk to them and we can, we can dream. We can dream. I know. Oh, if only life was as uh, uncomplicated as Bluey, right? I haven't heard any great whales out there. We've got three little people playing outside the door as we record. And, um, <laughs> yeah, perhaps they're, perhaps they're negotiating and leveraging power as we speak. <laughs> there were definitely some intense discussions about train tracks. Oh, so, yeah, true. You know, um, yeah, we'll wait and see what the union comes up with. <laughs> yeah. Um, if they need to walk out some... to a full public transport strike out yeah, there. Yeah, and some sort of enterprise bargaining arrangement <laughs> needs to be put in place. We'll I will unfreeze you if you promise you will let me have turns two. Link two times if yes. So we're there not only on this episode. We have done season one. Oh my god. <laughs> um Mary, uh our listeners won't know this, but um Mary is actually the true driving force <laughs> behind our podcast. I just literally show up, she does all the socials. All the editing, all the recording. Uh, but if you went on strike, I'd have nothing. <laughs> no, I think, um, well done, babe. You've done an amazing job and we made it. Uh, I'm team <laughs> effort and I could not be happier. Um, it's kind and of what a year. Oh my gosh. Yeah, gone from my maternity leave to your imminent maternity leave. I know. I can't believe season two is right on top of us. Like, I was picturing like some sort of, you know, break with some island rhythms and bum bum <laughs> but, but that's okay. We don't, we don't need that. We can just gun straight in. Um, I'm really looking forward to how much people will be watching alongside us yes. in this new season and giving their us their feedback as it happens and we can really feed that into the show. Yeah, I am too. Um, oh, thank you so much to everyone who's listened to this season. It just, yeah, has blown me away how many people were prepared to download episode after I episode. I assume actually listen to them as well, like yeah. not just the downloading, <laughs> to get on board on the socials, to email us. We've had some lovely messages and... I feel like we've got like this little network of cool people all over the world that are on our <laughs> wavelength now which is really nice we really need a way once the live shows are rolling out that people can like flag with other parents there that they've got to be done listeners <laughs> <laughs> i don't know what that would be <laughs> maybe just giving really loud commentary during the show <laughs> and like oh do you listen to that podcast as well great <laughs> great um yeah we'll have to work on that one but yeah it's still a while off stay tuned yeah um but there's so much coming up in in bluey land in the bluey verse in season two and in mary and kate gotta be done land i'm so excited for it okay thank you love you in the meantime it's gotta gotta be be done done. bye Bye. here bingo you can unfreeze him thanks bluey Not just yet. I like the daddy water fountain.